Welcome to the Perfectly Flawed podcast. On this podcast, I am your host, Renee Fox, and I chat to various people who are willing to be open and vulnerable about their own experiences with mental health and sport. Please keep in mind that the things discussed on this podcast are people's own experiences and is not medical advice. If anything in these episodes is triggering for you or you feel like you need assistance, please contact a health professional or Lifeline on 13 11 14. Hi everyone, in this episode I chat to Tyson. Tyson is an eczema who has also done martial arts. At the age of 21, he found his true purpose in life was wanting to help people. He is now helping coach a variety of people to be the best versions of themselves. In this chat, Tyson is very open and vulnerable about his own experiences with mental health and provides some great insights for everyone listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to my podcast. It's nice to have you on. So for those that don't know you, would you like to tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So I'm, I currently work with entrepreneurs and business owners and high performers in general that want to create the, the best life possible, you know, um, create the, their life of their dreams and, and just want to better themselves and grow and contribute. But, you know, I've, I've got a background in, in swimming and martial arts and just high performance um, sports as well. I've got a sporting background, also a degree, uh, half a degree in psychology, but I've also got a master's in neurolinguistic programming. So that's a little bit about me. I know there's a lot of information, but that gives you a bit of a bit of a background. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll start with, you know, growing up being in sport. What kind of made you fall in love with sport? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I always found that the, the, the more difficult the sport was, the more I was drawn to it. I don't know. I, I don't specifically know why, but um, my parents owned a learn to swim business. So I sort of just fell into swimming, you know, so three years old, I was in the pool, I was a water rat, you know, and um, on school holidays when, you know, they're, they're working, you know, all day, every day at the pool, I'd just be in the water playing, swimming, you know, and I was just constantly around swimming. Um, and my dad, you know, being a um, high performance swimming coach as well, um, you know, I, I guess I just looked um, up to him. I looked up to his athletes, his swimmers, and I was like, oh, yeah, like I want to I want to be there. I want to I want to go there. Um, you know, I, I I just I just think the environment that I grew up in when it when it came to swimming, which really set me the, for the foundations was hard work, you know, creates results. So um, that's sort of what drew me to swimming because it's it's a it's a tough sport, right? You know. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And and you've experienced it too. There's nothing like it. I, I remember um, the head coach of um, at the time of, of, of Australia Australian swimming swimming Australia. He, I think I was like 14, and he said, you know, there's not much else like swimming. It's different to every other sport because it, it's not natural to the human body necessarily so with running you know you, you can it's it's natural we're we're land we're land creatures right but with swimming yeah. you have to do it a lot more because it's not necessarily natural to the human body so it, that's what kind of drew me to that yeah yeah so interesting so you said like your dad 
was obviously a high performance swim coach. What was it like to have him? Did you kind of feel a bit more pressure, I guess, from him or even other swimmers being that your dad is in the industry? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there was always, there was always a level of pressure. Um, you know, we had a, a very interesting relationship um, when I was swimming because I ended up, you know, obviously being in his squad when I was, I think uh, around 13, 14 until 16, 17, I was, I was in his, um, in, in his squad. So there was, there was levels of pressure and it was an interesting dynamic because, you know, it's hard to switch off, um, you know, put the, the head coach cap on, um, and then put the, the dad cap on when you get home, you know, and that for me, it was hard to switch between seeing my dad as my dad and then seeing him as a head coach, you know, so there was two different um, dynamics there. So it was difficult. There was, um, there was high levels of pressure. Um, and I think it was less pressure from him and more pressure from myself that I put the expectation on myself yeah. instead of, because it was like, Oh, you know, I, I want to perform. Um, but, you know, and I, I, I projected that from him um, saying, oh, you know, if I don't perform, you know, it, 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 I put that pressure on myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does make sense. I guess too, as well, then, do you think a part of you was like, oh, I better make sure that I perform because the other swimmers in the squad might talk about it. Like, he's your dad, like, you have to be good. Do you think that was part of it as well? Yeah, well, a level of growing up, I think um, there was a level of that. There was, um, I think it was mainly, I think that the fear for me was, um, you know, reflecting back and it's been, been a while since I reflected back to that time. But I think probably the big fear for me is um, a, a fear of being judged that I was treated differently. Yeah. Or, you know, I got special treatment or, you know, th th that, that was a fear and it was, it was quite a negative one and it showed up in a, in, in a lot of ways, you know, during training or during a competition. Um, so that was probably the biggest piece actually. Yeah. Cause I know, I mean, it's slightly different, but my dad is a high school math teacher. Um, not necessarily at the same school that I went to high school with, but a lot of the teachers knew him because he'd worked with them before. And so I felt like a level of expectation. Oh, I must be good at math because my dad's a math teacher. Mm. So I don't know if you kind of felt that same thing. Ah, oh, I must be good at swimming because my dad's a swim coach. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I, I think so. Um, unconsciously. I'm, I'm curious to know from your perspective, it, I guess it's a little bit different, but what what did you find was the biggest sort of challenge in in that area if any i think as well like what you said with it's more the pressure you put on yourself mm. i think i kind of talked myself into the fact that they expected me to perform at a certain level because of who my dad is yes and i think that was all myself because i don't think they ever probably expected that of me at all it was just i put that on myself okay i need to perform here because my dad's a math teacher, they expect me to be here. I better make sure that I do it. And added that extra pressure of needing to do well. Nice. But I guess another question to follow on that, because that's awesome. What do you think is, um, was the biggest lesson learned or growth opportunity or accomplishment from having that pressure, even though it was perceived as negative at the time? What do you think was the lesson learned? I guess that I can push myself to achieve the results 
that I put on myself, like the expectation mm. of doing well was that was kind of a driving force to put the work in. Yeah, nice. So you got the results. Yeah. <laughs> but it. we could have gone around it a different way without with less stress. Yes. But the result still turned out well. I love it. That's a great lesson learned. And yeah. you know, if if I was reflecting back for me, um, you know, going to um when I was swimming that probably the lesson learned there with the relationship with my dad and that that level of pressure was that I I can just keep going you know it 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 developed grit in me or determination right because I wasn't necessarily I wouldn't say I was necessarily happy at certain points I I I I loved um I loved competing but you know I was more in love with the idea of a gold medal and making the Olympics than actual the actual love for the sport. So yeah, and, and, you know, and it was that competition, like that's what drove drove me. So I think it, it developed a level of grit and determination in me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, I guess going on that, what you said about the more the idea of the gold medal rather than you know the sport itself. How did you come to that conclusion that that's where you're at? And was that like the deciding factor or one of the deciding factors that made you stop swimming competitively? Yeah, sure. Um, it didn't come straight away. It was, it was hindsight. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. It, yeah. it, we should, <laughs> I wish we had foresight more, more often. But, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, it's, it, was, it came to me uh, years later, but the, I guess my decision, um, it came to me when I found, uh, I, before I go into the decision why, I'll, I'll explain how it came to me it came to yeah. me um when I actually found my purpose at, at, at 21 and it was to you know help people and and I found what I love to do right and it just absolutely lit me up and I I have I had goals and at the time and I still have goals and I and I I know where I want to go I know what I want to do but I'm in love with the process right yeah I I'm in love with every day not just when I reach this I'm, I'm happy because that's, that's, that's what was going on in my mind when I was swimming. It's like, Oh, when I get to this point, that's when I'll be happy. But yeah, it, I think it, it's called like the, the if and when model, is that what it's called? Like mm-hmm. once I yep. do this, then I'll be happy. Yes. And it doesn't work like that. Happiness, no. you know, um, you know, happiness and fulfillment and, and joy does come from growth, but you need to be able to enjoy the process. So um, when I, when I did find my purpose and I found my why, you know, um, why, why I'm here, why I exist, why I want to do what I want to do. That's when I, I was reflecting back on my swimming days and I realized that I wasn't in love with the, the process. I wasn't in love with the sport. I was in love with the idea. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, if I was to give myself advice, um, back then I wouldn't say necessarily, oh, you know, stop swimming or quit or whatever it would just be find find out why you're doing this you know have a strong enough why yeah Yeah. that's really interesting so then Mm -hmm. I guess based on what you said there as well um you found your purpose at 21 yeah how did you come to find that (laughs) uh interesting uh I had a relationship breakdown of of I think we were together three four years yeah and you know, I, I stopped swimming three, uh, you know, it would have been, yeah, th- around that 
obviously I think I stopped swimming at 17. So yep. it was around the same time I started dating this, um, you know, and started a relationship with this particular person. And um, it had been about six months and I was really lost since, since we broke up and, you know, I, I found my identity in, in this relationship and I didn't know who I was, didn't know where I want, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. Um, and you know, uh, when I stopped swimming, I actually started a trade in the automotive industry. So I, I was a fully qualified mechanic. I was working, I had my business, um, as well, part-time, but I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, I knew I loved business, but, um, I, I didn't love what I was doing. So I was, I was quite lost. It was like this, this moment of, of finding and searching. Um, so we're out camping. Um, we did an annual camping trip, a beautiful area, you know, no reception right by the river. It was beautiful. And one night with, I was, I was talking to some mates and, um, we're just talking about life and relationships and, and mental health and just anything, psychology, anything that sort of came to mind by the fire. And, and then it sort of just hit me. I said, Oh, you know, I just, I want to help people. I want, I want to coach people. I want people to be the best version of themselves. Cause I don't want them to feel like I felt, you know, yeah. and I would, I would coach myself, my, that 21 version, uh, 21 year old version of myself now and say that that's great. And that, that was the motivating driver. You still want to help people, but you know, some people do need to go through challenges um, you know, and those seasons of, of challenging uh, lessons and growth to become the pe person they, that they need to become. But you can help them reframe it, change the perspective of that experience so they can see the beautiful positiveness in the challenge, in the, in the hills, like learning to love the hills is, you know, a phrase that, that you know, you hear, you hear um, going around. So that's, um, that's a little bit about how I found my purpose. And I was a bit of a um a bit of a journey but you know it's still evolving yeah of course always mm. growing and evolving and learning new things along the way yeah so your passion to help people and you said about how you know it was you didn't want anyone to feel the way that you were feeling so have you had any of your own sort of challenges with mental health and what yeah. kind of was that like for you yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, I've had bouts of depression. I've had um, bouts of anxiety. Um, and, you know, I, I would now, you know, I have a different relationship with depression, anxiety. Um, the anxiety was, is, was usually um, my go-to emotion or go-to state. Right. Yep. So um, that's, that's, really since i was maybe 13 um i've had bouts of it and i didn't know what it was back then right yeah. i just thought you know i was i was the guy that was you know wound up and anxious and um you know i was quite social but i and you know but that feeling was normal to me you yeah. know as soon as i realized and i identified what what, what that feeling was once, once I had uh, gained a level of consciousness, I was like, wow. And then I started working on being more centered and calm and at peace. And then once I felt that feeling, it's like, wow, I didn't yeah. know I was feeling this the whole time. <laughs> so I have had bouts of it and there is tools um, and perspectives and, and things that I've learned along the way to help with it. It still comes up, but I have a different, a different relationship with it. It's, 
I don't um, you know, breathe life, life, life into it. I, um, you know, I, I create awareness around it, but then I know what I need to do to, yeah. to, to center myself, to, to, um, you know, come back to a place of peace and presence. Yeah. How do you bring yourself back to that calm state? Yeah, sure. So um, th- there'll be different levels of, of triggers for anxiety, right? So it, the way that I see um, when anxiety comes up in me, there'll be, there'll be a trigger. There'll be something that, that switches it on, whether it be conscious or unconscious, right? Yeah. So I'll become aware. Okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'll, I'll stop and I'll, and whatever the experience is, I'll become aware of, of what's causing it or what the story is that's going on in my head or the, the experience is like the, what, what's the self-talk? What am I telling myself to feel anxious? Yeah. So I'll become aware of it. I'll then breathe. Um, and I do breath work. Um, yeah. if I need to, I'll meditate as well. But I'll, I'll, the, the biggest piece for me is, is changing my perspective. And so um, instead of focusing on the negative, because there is negative, you know, it, 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 life has is, is equal 50% negative, 50% positive. It's, it's what we choose to focus on, right? Yeah. So I, I ask myself, okay, what, what, what is the benefit of this experience. So what's going to, how, how can I change or reframe this perspective or this story or this limiting belief in my mind? Because it's not serving me right now. So that's, that's usually the route that I go down. Um, and that's probably the biggest piece for me is, is, is essentially just having a conversation with myself yeah, and coaching myself. Yeah. Do you have an example? Sorry to put you on the spot, but do you have an example of like what a trigger would be and how you would talk yourself, like self-talk your way into a karma state? Mm. <laughs> I can't think of any recently. Um, okay. So say, for example, because we've got a lot of, sporting listeners i'm, I'm assuming say yes. you had a bad switch or you had a bad race yeah you know? um and you know you're you're hoping to beat your pb by a second whatever whatever it looks like but you know you you actually it was were a second slower than your pb yeah in that moment you could um you know back beat yourself up you know the shorts the i should have trained harder i should have done this i should have done that I, I did shit here. I did, you know, whatever it looks like that focus on the negative or you can, you can take a step back and go, wow. Okay. So what are the lessons learned or from this particular race? What can I go back on? And instead of creating it of shoulds, I would have preferred to. So maybe it was, you know, you had a bad, you know, turn at the, at the third turn and you underwater and you didn't hit the wall quite right. And the underwater kick wasn't, wasn't the best so it slowed you down so instead of oh, i should have done better it's like okay for so during d- during training next season or next time or you know um you know the next few weeks i'm going to focus on nailing my turns you know and that becomes a positive because you've identified an area of growth 
and then and then you've changed that perspective to hey, hey this is what i'm going to focus on so um or, and and this is what i'm going to do better next time this is this is what the benefit of this experience is yes i would yeah. have preferred to be my pb but obviously i need to learn this lesson so i can be better next time does that make sense yeah that makes really good sense so kind of taking it flipping it and coming up with i guess a solution to yes. why you're feeling the way that you are yeah 100 percent. we can either focus on the shit focus on the problems focus on you know the the stuff that's going to bring us down or we can we can come up with a solution um but the biggest piece is is as well is 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 yeah just balancing it out because yeah. you know we can come up with solutions that's great but sometimes we still get stuck in the shit emotionally yeah so that's where the breath work and the meditation that i do um comes into play it sort of uh regulates the the body and the nervous system yeah so kind of just yep okay wasn't the best swim wasn't i didn't perform at my best let's just take a moment okay okay i need to fix my turns at training i'm going to talk to my coach and that's what we're going to spend time on and yep. i can do better next time 100 yeah. percent um so it's just changing and that's that's just a small you know reframe or shift in perspective but it's a big one because if, if you get out of the pool, you know, you take a depth, deep breath, you reflect, cool down, you know, and you could even do this while you're cooling down, right? Um, and, and just reflect on, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on next time. It's not dismissing that it was a bad, that it wasn't the best swim or a, a, a better preferred swim, for example. It's not dismissing it. You're yeah. acknowledging it. But then you're also going, okay, but this is what I'm going to do better next time. This is what I'm going to focus on, you know, or maybe it's about preparation, mental preparation during the, during the race. Maybe it's not even about the technical. Maybe it was about, yeah, I got up there. I wasn't feeling the best before the race. And that's probably why, you know, and I would suggest that's, you know, a, a lot of the reasons why people generally don't perform. Um, and that could be a, over a long span of time is, is mental performance um so yeah it could you could look at it many different ways but that's just a, a shift in perspective yeah so do you think your own experiences in sport and i guess externally in just day-to-day -day life has helped you with what you do now in your job oh for sure yep so i think you know you look at i can't remember the the exact data on CEOs, um, you know, in the Fortune 500 companies, but they, um, there's an incredible amount of data or a high percentage of, of CEOs that either um, were a high-performing, a high-performance athlete um, or did some sort of martial art or um, were in the military. Yeah. So um, the, the tools that we use, you know, and this is, this is the beautiful part of, of, of swimming or, you know, and, and my martial arts was, um, with it, without me even knowing it built my character and my personality to just have that, that absolute determination to never give up, but, um, you know, and, and to just keep on pushing, just keep on going, you know, yeah. and be okay, um, with, with what's happening because there's always next time there's, we, we can always improve. We can always take that next step. Um, so that, in itself swimming um and martial arts as well as martial arts in, in the, a little bit later on in 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 my life um helped with with the character 
and confidence, but, but swimming helped me with the determination and grit. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like, what does your job entail? Like day to day, like how, what do you do? How do you go about it? What yeah, kind of sure. people do you speak to? Yeah. So I'm one of the uh, a strategic coach. So I work with um, business owners, you know, from anywhere from pre-startup to a hundred million dollars in revenue. Um, and, you know, day to day would be looking like it would be having those coaching conversations. Okay. So what are the biggest challenges in your business? What, what are the things that, um, you know, the growth areas or opportunity, or it could be, you know, mindset, psychology, personal stuff as well. We can, we, we, we have those conversations as well. Um, but I'm literally day to day, I'm, I'm helping people. Um, and you know, that's, that's what I love to do. I love just having those, those, those conversations, those, those tough conversations or those difficult, hard conversations with people that want to grow. And I think that's the biggest piece. Some people, um, think that they want to grow. They want to change. They want to become the best versions of themselves. But uh, what they don't realize is there's actually a lot of beliefs or, or, or stories or, um, things there that are actually stopping them from, from doing that. Um, or they're just not ready to. So it, um, I work with people that want to, and that's what makes my job enjoyable because you, you see the results. I know for myself, like it, there's no quick fix. There's not just, you know, I'll just click my fingers and we're fine. Or, you know, just doing meditation once and everything's all good again. So I guess the question on that would be how long and, you know, like how much perseverance, I guess, does it take and how, I don't know, you can't really put a timeline on anything, I don't think, but, you know, generally how long do you think it kind of takes to, to see that, that change? Yeah, well, to create a new habit, it's roughly 60 days, yeah. um, depending on, again, it's such a spectrum, right? Because if it's yeah. just like a simple, um, a simple habit, um, like, you know, making your bed in the morning, versus I want to change my whole mindset and perspective on life. It's, it's, it's a forever journey. Yeah. But there's, there's the, the mindset psychology becoming the best version of yourself. The reason why I say it's forever journey, we can all, we can always do better. I think that's the beautiful thing about life is, you know, you, you can, you can always improve a perspective, um, a belief, a pattern, um, you know, a story in your mind, you know, your self-talk, you can always improve it. There's, there's, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say there was a specific timeline for a specific thing, but, you know, if you're willing to do the work and actually willing to do the work, um, you, you're going to see results and you might see them quite quickly as well, you yeah. know, depending on what it is you want to work on. So, I guess that's a, it's a, it's a broad, you know, answer, but what I would say is if you're willing to do the work and, and willing to become the best version of yourself possible and really want to become the best version of yourself possible, um, you, you'll see change, you'll see growth. Um, you'll reflect back and you'll go, well, yeah, wow. That's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Um, I guess also, um, you know, things are constantly changing, you know, especially in the last 12 months with COVID. I guess I'm kind of interested to know your perspective on how COVID and the whole lockdown and isolation 
would impact people's mental health. And I'm sure there's plenty of people around the world at the moment that are still in some sort of a lockdown. And even here in Victoria, you know, things are constantly changing. You know, we thought we're kind of out of the woods there for a moment and things just change so quickly. It'd be interesting to know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, sure. So I have two perspectives. One being, um, again, balance, there's balance everywhere, right? So I can see if I reflect back on 2020 and, you know, we're in the second day of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so if I reflect back and I, I could see it being one of, one of my most challenging years, but one of my most biggest growth years that I've ever had. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I see and I hear um, it, it's created a level of consciousness. It's, 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 uh, and this is just a belief and this is just my perspective um, that it's it's leveling up human consciousness. So, for example, it's like p- people are becoming more aware of themselves. You know, when we first went into lockdown, um, a, a theme that I saw was people like they, they everyone slowed down, yeah. and they started to reflect. Like, am I happy with the job that I'm working at that I've been doing been doing for ten years? Maybe not. You know, and what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to spend my time with? So it's creating that level of consciousness, that level of awareness. And I've, and, and I've seen that in, you know, close friends, family, and, um, you know, and clients as well. Um, but, you know, number, number two, the flip side of that is there, is there is level of, and if people don't, you know, get the support, there is, there is level of, of um, you know, we, we've seen the suicide um, data go up. We've seen there will be, you know, uh, people struggling with mental health, um, you know, and and de- suicide, depression, anxiety, PTSD. A lot of people, um, you know, and this is this is probably just a, a hunch of mine. Um, a lot of people w- won't realize that they actually have those, those a lot of those things. Um, so uh, the the way that I would would frame it is it's it's heightening whatever was already there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's bringing it out and you can either see that as a negative or you can see that as a positive to, to create awareness. It's like, wow, like I had anxiety, my anxiety is heightened. So it's, it's reaching that point now where I have to do something about it, you know, because I can't just tolerate this anymore. So yeah. it's creating that level of change. Um, so look, I, I think COVID lockdown, it's been tough on people and I don't want to dismiss any of that because I know there's, there's a lot of people struggling. I know there's, um, you know, businesses that have, that have gone under, there's, there's many, you know, many different perspectives, um, you know, and, and, and things happening, but I guess it's just looking at it as an opportunity to grow, looking at it as an opportunity to how, how, who do I want to be? And, you know, is what I'm currently doing what I actually want to do? Those are the two questions I would be asking. Yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying in the sense that a lot of people, including myself, were reflecting on what am I doing? What do I want to do? Am I happy with what I'm currently doing? And I think also, you know, given that it's only day two of the new year, there's be a lot of that going on now with people creating those New Year's resolutions as well. Yeah, 
hundred percent. So what's, what's been, I'm curious to know from your perspective on, you know, reflecting back on 2020 and COVID and everything else like that, how, how has it affected you? Like, what's your take on it? I have a lot of mixed feelings about the year. Like I definitely think the year started out quite well before things really took a turn. Um, it was very interesting to see how much I associate my identity with sport. Mm. Um, that was very interesting and trying to deal with that and wrap my head around I'm still me with or without my sport as much as I love it I'm still me like I definitely think in school as well like oh like that's Renee that's the swimmer and everything kind of evolved around my sport and as much as it is a part of me it's not the only thing about me Yes. Like I'm still me. I have, I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I'm a daughter. You know, there are so many other aspects of me, not just my swimming. But I also think that, you know, my mental health did definitely take a bit of a dive. Um, And I know there's a lot of people that did. And I had a friend that unfortunately didn't make it through the other side of quarantine and took his own life. And that was very, very hard and you know as well and I'm sure there's many people that have lost loved ones whether it's through suicide or you know um, diseases or COVID or whatever it may be and not being able to attend the funeral and not really being able to grieve because they haven't had the opportunity to say goodbye I think even if they necessarily haven't um, apart from losing that person you know, their life may not have been impacted. Like, you know, they still might have their job or other friends or other family members. I think just that on its own will take a toll on mental pe- people's mental health. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, they say financial stress is a large impact on people's mental health. It'd be interesting to see, you know, in two years' time what the data kind of says about people's mental health and people not being able to find jobs or things like that. Yes. It'd be interesting to see how that unfolds which is you know uh, i heard a lot of you know great experience challenge like incredible challenges as well um for you but also some some great lessons learned like identity that's that's a big piece like who am i and also always being associated to that swimmer and i can remember i was exactly the same in school i tightened he's the swimmer guy and you know that was my identity and as soon as i lost as soon as i uh, I stopped swimming i uh, and that's when i actually fell into depression because i didn't know who i was yeah um so it's it's great awareness and um you know that but that is what led me to finding my purpose so you know that's you know that's why i said there's there was always that that switch in perspective um you know and that that we, we are exactly where we need to be. Um, but yeah, I do agree. It's, it's been, it's been a hard year. It's been a tough year. And I don't actually think um, in, in terms of, if we're looking at finances and, and um, you know, businesses, the business struggles and, and challenges, I don't think we've seen the worst of it yet. If, if, if I'm being completely honest, I think, um, you know, the government grants and everything else like that, that's, that's, that's help, really helping us. But as soon as that stops, that's when we'll we'll most likely see the the real struggle in in, in finances, um, you know, happening. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how everything goes in a few years' time. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I guess I want to finish up with three questions. Nice. First one is, what is something you're most proud about yourself? Oof, most proud about myself. Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> really put you on the spot. <laughs> I love it. Um, most proud. Um, I, I would I would say that you know despite dropping out of school in year ten, despite you know not being successful in the career that I want to you know be in in swimming, um, you know I I had a story that I was dumb, I wasn't smart, you know, and I had that all through school, and despite all that. Um, you know, I am where I am. I get to work and do what I love to do every single day with business owners and CEOs and entrepreneurs and high performers. I get to do what I love every single day. And I, and probably the, my proudest moment is when I realized that I wasn't dumb. I was, I was smart. You yeah. know, I'm, I am smart. Um, and I know that might, that might sound, um, you know, it might sound small or, and it might sound a little bit arrogant, but it's, but it's not, it's just a belief that, you know, if, if anyone, anyone listening thinks that they're, they're not smart, think again, you know, you are not what you've been told. You are not the stories that you tell yourself. You're, you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then that's what I found when, when I was telling myself, well, I'm not smart. Well, then I naturally produce behaviors that, don't do like, and I don't do smart things, but as soon as I changed that belief and that, and that story about myself, I, I, I started to grow, you know, I started to manifest things into my life and, and do things and, and um, have experiences that I never would have thought I imagined. So um, that's probably my proudest moment and it leads to a lot of other moments, but that shift in perspective, that, that was everything. Yeah, amazing. The next one is, what is your, if you have like a favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've been given? Yeah, nice. So um, my favorite quote, and I've actually got tattooed on me, is what would love do? Mm. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting one, right? So, um, you know, my manager, COO, um, incredible woman, she, um, this was one of her themes for one of our um, events, Um and it really, really stuck with me. What would love do? So in every scenario, you know, in every situation, event, um, perspective, uh, you know, everyday life, if you ask yourself the question, what would love do in this situation? Um, you know, it, you'll, you'll usually come up with the answer. Yeah. Yeah. So th that's my favorite quote. Um, you know, I've, I've been given lots and lots of advice over the years and but that's the one that I do live by is is what would love to in this situation amazing i've never heard that being worded like that before i love that yeah, and then awesome. the last one is any tips for people listening yeah well tips for people listening um hmm. I, I guess it would depend on what you're going through you know the challenges that you have but if if there was any advice that I'll give from a general sense is that you, you can do anything that you want to do and achieve anything that you want to achieve, but it starts with yourself, you know? So um, who would you like to be? What beliefs, what values, what perspectives 
um, you know, would you would you like to see in yourself and and start working on on you and you can be anything that you want to be. You know, don't let the person, your peer group, your um, you know, your friends, your family tell you you can't do something. If you've got an idea, if you've got a dream, if you've if if you want something bad enough, you'll make it happen. So if there was anything that you want, you know, if there's anything that you want in life, um, you know, go after it, but then find your why, find why you want to do it. And, you know, I found that if the, the bigger the why, the, the better the results, but also usually if you have a why that's bigger than just yourself, like it's, 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 it's got a level of contribution. It's not just to, you know, so you can be successful and things that that's not a why. You know, if, if it's, it's, if it's got to do with helping other people, if it's got to do with, um, you know, bettering other people's lives or, or, or seeing other results that are bigger than just yourself, that's, that's when it'll change. And the, res- the results for you will naturally come. Um, so there you go. There's some advice. It's great advice. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing your perspective. It's been really insightful. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Renee. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perfectly Flawed podcast. If you would like to stay up to date for when the next episode is being released, you can follow myself on Instagram at Renee Fox, or you can follow the podcast at perfectly underscore flawed underscore podcast. I'll chat to you next time. Bye.